So let's review. Zak the Mishnah, mitzvah begodliyav. It's a mitzvah for the oldest brother to do the Yibim. Vimkodden hakotten zacha. And if the younger brother went ahead and did it himself, then he received the mitzvah. The Gemara begins by presenting a brisa that teaches the source for this din, that it's a mitzvah for the oldest brother to do the Yibim. The Pasuk says, Simply understood, the Pasuk is telling us that the firstborn son of the Yavim and Yavama should receive the name of the deceased brother, and thereby the deceased brother's name won't be erased. However, the Brayasa interprets this Pasuk as a continuation of the previous Pasuk that says, That the Yavim should marry the Yavama, and the reference to this, the Torah says, that the oldest brother should do the mitzvah yibum. The Brayasa continues to explain the Pasuk and derives various dinim from it. Asher Tele, he shall marry the Yavama if she is able to give birth. This comes to exclude an illness that cannot have children. The Yavim will inherit the estate of his deceased brother. That the Yavim only marries the Yavama if he is able to have children. This excludes a Sris who is unable to have children. The Brian also teaches us that the reason we do not interpret the Pasuk Yaakum Hashem Achib literally to name the child after the deceased brother, but rather the Lanachla, is based on the Gzeri Shava. Since here regarding Yibum, it says Yaakum Hashem Achib, and regarding children that Yosef might have after Ephraim and Menashe, the Pasuk says, Hashem Achem Yikar Benachalosam, that they will inherit Eretz Yisrael as part of Ephraim and Menashe, just as there refers to inheritance, so to here refers to inheritance. Rabbi explains, Even though generally the Pasuk never departs from its simple meaning, here Xerish Shava comes and completely removes the Pasuk from its simple meaning. The Gemara then moves on to pose a series of questions on the Brisa. All of these questions center on the fact that the Pasuk used the term Bechar, which means the firstborn, and not the oldest brother. Let us say that a Bechar has the mitzvah of Yibam, but all other brothers do not. The Gemara answers that this cannot be the case, since the Torah teaches us that a brother that was born after his older brother died without children does not do Yibam, now, that brother is certainly not a Bechar, and still the Torah needs to exclude him. This clearly shows us that the mitzvah of Yibim is not only for the Bechar. The Gemara then presents a number of other possible explanations, that the mitzvah of Yibim only applies if there is a Bechar in the family, but otherwise there is no mitzvah of Yibim. That if there is a Bechar and a younger brother went ahead and did the Yibim without permission, then it's not valid. But if there is no Bechar, then the Yibim of a younger brother is valid. When there is a Bechar, we first go to the oldest brother. But if there's no Bukhar, any brother may do the Yibim. That only a Bukhar who is Miyabim inherits the brother's estate. But a younger brother who is Miyabim does not inherit. The Gemara rejects each of these explanations based on Pesukim and concludes that the Pasuk teaches us that there is a mitzvah for the oldest brother to do the Yibim. But if a younger brother went ahead and performed the Yibim, it is valid. The Gemara concludes by asking, so why does the Torah refer to him as a Bukhar? The Gemara answers, Ma'bukhar ain't a noitel baroke b'mochzik, af hai ain't a noitel baroke b'mochzik. 
As a Bechar who only inherits Pishnai, a double portion, from that which already was in the father's possession at the time of his death, but not from that which will potentially come into the estate after the death of the father, so too the Yavim only inherits that which already was in his deceased brother's possession, but not from potential income. The Gemara now moves on to the next Mishnah. Zak the Mishnah, Hanitan al if there were rumors about a man and a shifcha, and she was subsequently freed, or a man with a goya, and she subsequently converted, he's not permitted to marry this woman, so that people don't say that the rumor is true. Nevertheless, if he did marry her, he does not have to divorce her, since this is merely an isadraban. However, if there were rumors about a man and an Aisha Sish, and her husband was compelled to divorce her, the suspected adulterer may not marry her, and if he did, he must divorce her since it is an Isidaraisa. The Gemara asks, We see from our Mishnah that the woman is considered a Giyaris. But we have a contradiction from a Braisa which declares the Giyaris invalid if one converts for one of the following reasons. In order to marry a Yid, to benefit from the prosperity of the Jews, for example, as in the times of David HaMelech, B'Shleim HaMelech, or Yemais HaMashiach, in order to avoid a plague, because he was told to in a dream, the Gemara answers, We follow the opinion that the Geiris is valid. The Gemara proceeds to present a discussion regarding the second Halacha of our Mishnah. al ish if a husband was compelled to divorce his wife because of rumors of adultery, the suspected adulterer may not marry her, and if he did, he must divorce her. We learn in Abraisa, In the case of Kala, rumors, we only say Yoitzi, if the woman does not have children from her first marriage. However, if she has children from her first marriage, she does not have to be divorced by the suspected adulterer in the case of Kala. The reason for this is that by forcing them to divorce, we are confirming the rumors, and we are mighty laws, casting doubt on the legitimacy of those children. The Brasa continues, However, in the case where there were Aidim that she did in Avera, then even if she has many children, Yoitzi. According to the first explanation, Rav agrees with the Brayse Halacha. They merely disagree in the Pshat of the Mishnah. Based on the word Hanitan, the Brayse understands the Mishnah's ruling of Yeti to be speaking of Bekala, rumors, and therefore only Kishain Labanam. Based on the word Vahiti Uha, Rav understands the Mishnah's ruling of Yeti to be speaking of Be'edim witnesses, and therefore even Kishesh Labanam. The Gemara presents an alternative explanation of Rav, that he actually disagrees with the Brayse Halacha. And he holds that even in the case of Ein Labanim, we only say Yoitzi when they were Edim. And the Brisa follows the opinion of Rebbe that in the case of Ein Labanim, we say Yoitzi even based on Kala. Vigmar concludes, Sometimes we follow Rab, and sometimes we follow Rebbe. If the rumor continued for more than a day and a half, then we follow Rebbe and the husband must divorce his wife, even if there are no Edom. If the rumor did not continue for more than a day and a half, then we follow Rav, and he must divorce her only if there were Edom. This discussion continues on the next half.